Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! Hi everybody, this is Q. And I'm M. And welcome to week six, pastry week. Or, let's forget the past try and try to set up new narratives. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. That was actually good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I put some thought about, into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's this two-horse race. It's not a two-horse race anymore. But uh, I won't get into spoilers here. We have the whole episode to go through. Hmm. Hmm. All right, in the intro, no ask Matthew Lucas using his full name. Did you notice that? That's like a joke now that they use each other's full, full names. Because last week it was like, no fielding in this one. Yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Do you think that's funny just using full names? Not particularly. Uh, yeah, Do I you? don't know. I'm not sure about that yet. Hmm. Anyway, no ask Matthew Lucas if he is excited for pastry week. And then Matt says, yes, I am excited for I have here a shoe pastry. He takes out a colorful sneaker. And then he says, and I hope I don't get the laces stuck in my teeth. What did you think of this intro? <laughs> I was on board until <laughs> the, I hope I don't get the laces stuck in my teeth. I enjoyed it. I think it was one of the better ones. I knew you were going to enjoy this. Why, why do you think I would enjoy this? A, it was short. Correct. Yep. B, it was punny. Correct. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, I'm, that's all you really need from yeah, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like. I like it short, sweet, funny, and then we get on with the episode. I knew you were gonna. This is gonna be one of your yeah, favorites. Well, how would you rank it from the ones? That's, we've had some stinkers this season. It's up there. I think no matter what, the tiny <laughs> whatever they're gonna be getting eaten is just not my favorite thing. Okay. Yeah, you're you're still liking the my flaky pastry chart opening most. I think that had the best overall production value. I mean, they probably spent a whole week on that. Yeah. yeah. Last week's okay. was okay. Yeah? I forgot it already. What was last week's? They were that band. Oh, yeah. The German the band. The German band. Yeah. Okay, that was okay. Yeah. Welcome to the baking show, baking show, baking show. Anyway, let's move on from the openings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hear from some of the bakers. And <laughs> we hear from Giuseppe. Giuseppe says, this is week six, the second half of the journey. I'm performing much better than I expected. In fact, I have to keep buying new shirts because I didn't bring enough with me. Wow. Did that remind you of a baker from last season? Yes. Lottie, right? Yes. Except for instead of like buying new shirts, Lottie borrowed the other <laughs> baker shirts. Yes. <clears throat> we miss you, Lottie. Hope you're doing that well out there. We hear from Lizzie and... Uh, she says something, but the gist of it is it's getting harder because uh, <laughs> she's sneaking by. We hear from Christelle. Christelle says, I've spoken to Lizzie and we cannot back down. We've got to do it for Freya. Mrs. Cappuccino. They're doing a tribute to her. I just yeah. wanted to say Cappuccino one more time. Mm-hmm. She says, the women have got to do it. I think a man might be, pull- might be able to pull it out of the bag. But I think Pastry Week is her week. Christelle referring to Lizzie. So, um, I mean. 
she was not referring to Amanda. No, no, she wasn't. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Okay. She wasn't referring to a man. Dot, 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 dot. Okay. And funny you say that because next we heard from Amanda. Amanda says, no one's given up in there. I'm certainly not giving up. So, which kind of leads me to think, what did the producers ask her like before this question? She doesn't just normally just say, pop out of nowhere saying, I haven't given up. <laughs> I think they've asked her, are you giving up? Yeah, I think they asked her, are you giving up? <laughs> which if they did, not cool producers. Yeah, not cool. Hmm. That's some bad energy putting out there. Do you think they kind of like, I don't think they outlined the episode as much they did during these openings as they did the other episodes. No, I think it was less predictable. Yeah. But I think that's all part of the cover-up. Mm, yeah. Although they like, uh, I mean, Christelle's comment was kind of like, you know, you go girl boss, you know? And I think that was kind of a cool thing to watch this episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you gotta, gotta catch the vibes, you know? All right, shall we get on with the signature bake? Let's. All right, the bakers are tasked with making two batches of fried shoe nuts. So when they said this on the episode, my wife was like, what is a shoe nut? She was thinking of like a sneaker and like a bolt nut, you know? Oh. So I was like, well, that's not food. So it can't be that. Right. <clears throat> so it's, a shoe nut is actually like a donut. Mm. Except for made with shoe pastry, which sounds way more delicious than Doesn't a donut. It? It sounds deli- it sounds amazing. It does. I, like this episode, I think out of all the episodes this season, it made me want to eat what they were cooking the most because there was the shoe nuts and then there was like a savory showstopper. Mm. And I'm always about that savory. So there must be six filled shoe nuts and six not filled ones, which are glazed or ice. The bakers get two hours, and then right when uh, they're announcing announce ready set bake, um, they almost say it, and then you can see like chigs kind of move a little bit. And then Matt's like, nuh-uh-uh, Shigs. I didn't say ready, set, yet, go yet. He had like a false start. I was like, he's just moving his head. <laughs> like, are they supposed to freeze until they like say ready, set, bake? Did you catch that? I did. I thought they were getting in his head. But like, <laughs> is he, he wasn't like reaching for like the, I don't know, his dough or anything. He, was, he just moved his head and they're like, nuh-uh-uh. You can't be moving your head. We haven't started yet. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Or weird. Funny but weird. Uh, yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> we hear from Paul and Pooh. Paul says, if you never heard of a shoe nut before, I was like, thank you, Paul, because I've never heard of a shoe nut before. It's basically a shoe pastry piped into a donut shape and it's deep fried. So um ticks off all the things of deliciousness. Paul says they have to be quite aerated. You want that beautiful aeration inside the shoe nut. Prue says shoe has to be the right consistency. Getting the pace right is crucial because if it's too wet, it's going to sink in. Hmm. Interesting. So um, I'm going to cover our first baker, which is Amanda. Um, Amanda is our police detective, correct? Correct. All right. Amanda is making sweet and savory shoe nuts. So how do you feel about bacon and like mixing bacon with like sweets? What do, you, what do you think about that? I'm okay with it. I don't like it. Do you not like salty sweet? I like salty sweet. It's just like I've had donuts with like like the maple bar with the uh, the bacon on top of it. Yeah. And I think I what I did was I put it in the fridge, and then the fat from the bacon like kind of like, you know how when you like put bacon or like pork fat into like the fridge, it turns into like you can see it. It's like it turns like like a milky white. Yes. <clears throat> it kind of grossed me out. 
and then I ate the maple bar with that kind of gross feeling in my mind, and I didn't enjoy it. For me, that was just like a mental thing for me. That was the operator's error. <laughs> okay, it could have been <laughs> operator's error. I shouldn't have put it in the fridge. I should I should have eaten it like fresh and hot. So yeah, uh, Amanda is making a maple and bacon uh, shoe nuts, and uh, that's kind of like the one that she has the toppings for. And uh, her uh, filled one is a pistachio creme patisserie filled. Or it has pistachio creme inside it. And then the top is a rose glaze. And you know what they say about like, the judges are always very particular about rose. Yeah. It has to be the right amount of it. It's very potent. It's very potent. And also, if you don't use enough of it, you can't taste it. So like, little room for error. I think it's rose. not worth it. I, I would not use rose right? and bake off. Like yeah. never a good strategy. I would use like key lime and like That's alcohol <laughs> or whatever, but not yeah. rose. Boozy lime. Yeah, boozy That's lime. How you get to the judges. <laughs> yeah. So during judging, the judges actually eat her uh, maple bacon and shoe nuts, and they say it needs more bacon. So what Amanda did was she just kind of put the bacon in a corner, and I don't think they like that. I think they wanted like more bacon all around the donut. Should never put bacon in the corner. Yeah, you're right. No one puts bacon in the corner. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so they said, more bacon, please. And Amanda said, that's kind of a shame because I had so much bacon. I cooked a bunch of bacon. And then they tried the filled pistachio one, and they said that the rose is too much. It's too artificial, and it's too sweet. So Amanda risked it with using the rose, and it did not pay off. The judges did not like it. Does rose ever taste natural? Um, like when is it a natural thing i've had it in like a, a gelato once and it was very light but for some reason that gelato tasted natural i had it in uh, europe hmm. yeah um also one time i ate a rose bush <laughs> tasted natural that also tasted natural. yeah that's that pretty oh. natural there was nothing artificial about that hmm. except for the for the, the was it the thorns yeah not a good idea don't okay. eat rose bushes guys you've convinced me yeah Yep. <laughs> so up next we have Chiggs, our sales manager, and he is making a ooh la la show nuts, shoe nuts. Ooh I was thinking of crow nuts. Remember crow nuts? That was uh, a thing for a while. That was a trendy thing, and I enjoyed some of them. Yeah, is that still a thing? Um, it's certain. It's, there's like donut shops that serve a crow nut, but there's no more like donut shops that are only there because of crow nuts. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, it's like a thing, but not a thing. Okay. Anyway. Thing a thing. Shoe nuts, sorry. He is making a chocolate pastry with lime glaze and a plain pastry filled with hazelnut praline topped with almonds. So he's the only baker that's making two doughs. He has a chocolate one and a plain. So mm -hmm. I think he may get extra points for this, but we'll see. Yep, like very soon, right? <laughs> We're going to see very soon. <laughs> We're going to see very soon, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the plain pastry that's filled with hazelnut is based off uh, Perry Breast, which is like a shoe pastry and praline-flavored cream. And it's named after the Perry Breast bicycle race, shaped like a wheel. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And during judging on that one, Prue said that she thought that the Perry Breast should have, been, have a lot of filling and that was delicious. But Paul thought it was too much filling and he couldn't really see the structure because of it. Mm. So cover up mixed bag on that yeah. one right yep on the chocolate pastry with lime glaze prue said nothing but paul said that the cocoa <laughs> is just enough to marry with the lime yeah it's unusual but it does work 
it's a nice shoe it's delicate so no real praise for having two different types of dough really i i think they must have praised him or said something about it but then they cut it down in editing because, oh, Prue said it, but we didn't hear it. Yeah, or like, they're like, well, Chiggs is not important this episode, so we're just kind of glance over him. Mm. Yeah, we're going to spend the time and talk about editor bakers. Or in editing, that's what happened. Right. Because the editors watched the episode first, and then they knew what was going to happen. <laughs> they were able to formulate their narratives. Prue actually commented for 39 minutes on how amazing the two doughs yeah. were and how he was the only one to use two types of dough <laughs> while everyone else just did one dough. Yep. Probably, and then the but, editors are like, hit no, the floor. no, no, yep. <laughs> okay. Cutting room floor. All right, next we have Christelle. Christelle is making mango maracurd and miso caramel shoe nuts. All right, so let's talk about the one that's not miso first. That one has a passion fruit glaze on top of it, and then a mango cream on the inside, so that's the filled one. And then the one that's not filled, she's using a white chocolate miso caramel glaze. Which is a very interesting flavor. I've had miso. I've had white chocolate. Never had white chocolate miso mm. before. Uh, Christelle says she wants to do something different. And she hopes that the miso glaze doesn't taste like miso soup. Because <laughs> that's gross, I guess. Although I love miso soup. It's just that it shouldn't be on a shoe nut. Which is something I haven't had before. But I digress. Um, Christelle says miso caramel is a step up from salted caramel. Which is very debatable. And then she says... Miso is quite umami, and she's hoping for a salty umami undertone. To uh, which Noel replies, I love that phrase, umami undertone. So, pretty cool. Um, Christelle has some problems because when she starts frying her shoe nuts, she forgets to set the timer, which is not good because uh, her donuts come out a little soggy. During judging, the judges say that the miso is interesting. It's exactly as she described. There is umami and also a little bit of surprising bitterness in it. Um, the judges try her other donuts, the mango maracuja. They say the mango flavor is good. However, on both donuts, the shoe is too tight and it wasn't open enough. There was no like the aeration that Paul was talking about in the beginning that wasn't there. And they asked her what happened and they think she lost it in the frying when mm. she over fried her donuts. So, Critical error in uh, not timing your fry. So Christelle is off to actually kind of a rocky start, I must say. There are a lot of timing issues this episode, mm, would right. you say? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, up next we have George, our Shared Lives coordinator. And he's taking a page out of Maggie's playbook. And he's making classic shoe nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A winning strategy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I always uh, do something that's just... Uh, the signature and just put the word classic in front of it. <laughs> He's making a toffee and nut and a jam and cream. Pretty basic. Yep. <laughs> so when it came to judging, kind of pre-judging, Paul said he's got a robust mixture there that gives it its pop. It's just based on appearance there. When it came to the toffee and nut, Prue said it was toffee-ish, really nutty, really lovely. <laughs> it has a soft chew. <laughs> Paul said delicious. That's about it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I guess he did pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. When it came to the jam and cream, the, we learned that it was Chantilly cream with raspberry jam. So we mm. got a little more info there. Okay. But unfortunately, Prue got an empty bit. Mm. She says it's important to get the filling 
all the way around. Quite often, she puts in two holes so that she can squirt. You squeeze the bag, and when you meet that little bit of resistance, that usually means that it is full.、Mm. Whilst this is happening, Matt and Paul are losing <laughs> it. They're children. They're giggling, right? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Paul pulls it together and says that he does think you do get the cream filling and the jam is delicious. I think they got sidetracked. From the actual judging, from all the innuendo she's been making, yeah, and Matt and Paul could not contain themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so I think they gave a little extra time to prove during this judgment. <laughs> right, they did, but they cut it from chicks. Yeah, because this one was funny. Yep. All right, next we have Giuseppe, and Giuseppe is making bellissima shoe nuts.、Uh, one of his shoe nuts has a, like a lemon cello kind of a frosting glaze on it. And it's filled with creme patisserie, and、uh, gotta say, love that limoncello. And、uh, I think he said something like, "I'm an Italian baker. I'm gonna use limoncello. <laughs> I have to use it at least once," which is kind of funny.、Um, his other shoe nut is a sesame and al- almond nougatine, and it, it looks very pretty. Has like kind of a kind of like broken bits of sesame on top of it, so it looked very、uh, appealing. In the looks department, and yeah, he he says he wanted to make both、uh, flavors that he was familiar with. So,、um, Giuseppe is kind of sticking to like what he knows here, which is kind of smart.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, during judging for the almond praline shoe nuts, they say that is good frying. The contrast, the crunch from the almond and the shoe softness is very lovely. So he hit the contrast part、mm. very well. And for the limoncello shoe nuts, Cruz says something is kind of confusing, but I think it's very good. He says it's almost too much limoncello. However, I can't resist another mouthful. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So I think overall, very good on Giuseppe here,、mm-hmm. bellissima. Yes.、Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Up next, we have Jurgen, our IT professional. He's making exotic flavor and seventies color shoe nuts. Really featuring a yuzu and sake glaze and、mm-hmm. ube from a purple Philippine yam. Yuzu bet it with crempat <laughs> filled with orange ganache, and it reminds him of pastries he ate as a child in the seventies. That yuzu、yeah. <laughs> sake, <laughs> as a child in the seventies, he was eating up that yuzu and just drinking sake. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I will say that the colors were interesting. They were kind of. Lizzie-ish, yeah. They're Lizzie-like colors, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So regarding the ube filled with orange ganache, Prue said that the ube color is just extraordinary. The vanillary, which I'm not quite sure of the word, but vanillary. Yeah, vanillary <laughs> tastes like vanilla, right? Ube、okay. taste is unusual but vaguely familiar. It's very light.、Mm. Paul said that the structure is very good. It's nice and open. It's so delicate. It's lovely.、Mm. And when it came to the yuzu and sake glaze, Prue said that it has that little bit of acidity that the yuzu gives it. They're both delicious. And Paul didn't say anything about that. Jurgen's back. Jurgen is back. <laughs> I would also like to say that this round probably had more Japanese elements than Japanese Week. Okay. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. This is a, yeah last season's Japanese Week.、Um, very interesting. In a bad way, we we will we'll we'll move on from that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Lizzie, 
And Lizzie is making caramel and floral shoe nuts. So one of her shoe nuts contains a hibiscus buttercream on the inside and is topped with like piped flowers and raspberry liqueur, which sounds very good. Another shoe nut has a caramel glaze on top of it, which is a uh, looks cool too. <clears throat> During judging. Oh wait, first I must mention for some reason Lizzie is afraid of frying things. Because when the judges first approach her like her bench, she calls shoe nuts the devil's donuts. And she says that they have her shaking. So happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> she says she hates shoe pastry. She's afraid the fryer is gonna hit her and she's gonna bend. She's afraid that the fryer would literally physically hit her and she as a result of getting hit, she will bend. Um okay. That is frightening. Yeah, it's pretty frightening. I don't know if she had some kind of trauma with like ovens hitting her in the past, hmm. but kinda sounds like it. Uh, she says the pressure has been unbelievable and that her elbows are sweating. <laughs> to which Noel says the sweaty elbows would make a good name for a band. I agree. I agree. Yep. During judging, the judges say that her shoe notes have an attractive frying color. So she must have timed it perfectly. For the hibiscus and raspberry liquor donut or shoe nuts, they said that it's very nice and has a good, delicate structure. For her other shoe nuts with the caramel, they say it is delicious. Prue says, I would buy these shoe nuts in the shop. Well done. And then after like the segment, Lizzie's like, yeah, that was my best signature feedback that I've gotten. So Lizzie's off to a good start here. So who's on top right now? I don't know. Lizzie Giuseppe? I think it's Lizzie Giuseppe and Jurgen. It's always Giuseppe and Jurgen, you know? It's always a two-horse race. And I think... I think the producers in this episode wanted, I, I think this is what I'm thinking. The producers are thinking the viewers are kind of bored because it's just Giuseppe versus Jurgen winning all the challenges, right? So they're like, we got to like throw a third horse into this race. Or well, Chigs had a win. Chigs had a win, but it seems kind of inc- inconsequential, I guess. Mm. I think they're trying to shake things up a little bit to put more players in the tent. Because at this point, Giuseppe and Jurgen are so like ahead of the pack that I think they want to add in some more like element. What do you think? So it was I, I kinda agree with you. It was Jurgen, Jurgen, Chiggs, Giuseppe, Giuseppe. Yep. So let's just remember this pattern at the end of this episode. Ooh, interesting. Spoiler alert. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into the technical. All right. This week's technical is set by Holly Paulwood, says Matt. <laughs> Holly Paulwood. Holly Paulwood, guys. Not quite as good as Priella DeVille. Priella DeVille is way better. Yeah, right? Yep. Holly tells us this particular recipe will push you to your limits. Don't waste any time. Always useful advice. Yes. Yep. So this week, our bakers are tasked to make a large baklava mm-hmm. with phyllo pastry. Uh-oh. I just said that because all the bakers hate phyllo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, is it baklava or baklava? Because I feel like it was pronounced both ways. I think it's baklava. Okay, you put an extra A somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> baklava? No, it's baklava. Baklava? 
Well, I don't know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you just stick to one. <clears throat> okay, the phyllo should be made using a traditional laminating technique layered with a pistachio and walnut filling and cut into a star design. They have two hours and 45 minutes. We learned that this is the first time ever the bakers have been asked to make it for a technical challenge. Mm-hmm. It's very mean to make them do phyllo pastry, pastry in a technical challenge. We do get mentioned from Amanda that there are two Greeks in the tent. So I don't know if she was implying maybe they have an advantage. I think that's what she was implying. Okay. Yep. So when I saw this thing, I told myself there's the, no way that anyone's going to make this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that was, it was just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that was so interesting. Even though they gave them the star pattern, which wasn't to scale, uh-huh. it was so intricate. There are so many steps to it. I was like, there's not, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Yep. Prue says that this is the most difficult technical she has ever seen. <laughs> Paul said that the hardest part is the lamination. Above all, you've got to get that flake. Mm-hmm. There's three layers, and then you have a nut layer, and then you have three layers again. So you have to make your dough, then divide it into six. Do the math here. Three for the bottom and three for the top. Then fold it, fold it, fold it, and then you have to do that six times, times six. My head hurts. I'm bad at math. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so if you haven't laminated, you're going to get a solid piece of dough, and you're not going to get that beautiful phyllo pastry, which is what they're going to be looking for. So this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Speaking of tough, I'm going to go over the bottom three bakers. In last place and seventh place, unfortunately, we have Lizzie. Hmm. Um, with her phyllo, they said that it lost all shape. The top of the pastry is a mess. Uh, the, the dough itself is very doughy and needed longer in the oven. And at this point, Lizzie's like, yeah, I don't have finesse. Then Paul says, you do have finesse. But uh, last place, Lizzie, not a good look. No. Kind of a drop from the signature for her. Yeah, she was doing really well, too. Yeah. And then the next two bakers in the bottom three are no stranger to the bottom three. <laughs> they did bottom three for like, I, for the longest I can remember. Uh, yeah, next to last place is George. Uh, George's phyllo pastry was all over the place. And they couldn't find the nuts. The judges couldn't find the nuts. Mm. They're like, where are the nuts? We can't find the nuts. They also said the layers were too thick. And overall, it was very clumsy. So yeah, George is not the most like, um, George doesn't have the most finesse eater. No. no. <laughs> He's good with flavors, though. You gotta give him that. He is. And in, uh, in third to last place, in fifth place, we have Amanda. And they said that she used too much pistachio. And also, her phyllo needed longer in the oven for a darker flavor. Um, they say, however, it does taste kind of lovely, which is a confusing statement. But whatever. <laughs> so yeah, that's the bottom three. Lizzie, George, and Amanda. All right, and before I take the top three, we will note that Giuseppe was in fourth. Mm, right in the middle. Right, right Monkey in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Okay, so in third place, <laughs> <laughs> we have Chigs. Yep. During judging, Prue said it was nice and shiny, nice and crisp on the bottom. Paul said that he liked the color and the cut is nice. You have the lamination there and that the flavor was good. In second place, Christelle. Yep. Finally coming up. I think, this, I think this is the story of the episode right here. Doing it for Freya. 
doing it for Freya, breaking that curse of her always like getting bottom three in the technical. Mm-hmm. I think this is the start of a uh, like what's that? That's like a, when something snowballs into like an avalanche. I guess that's just what an, I said. Avalanche? <laughs> yeah, an avalanche. <laughs> it's this still is just her an avalanche, avalanche. Uh, right now. She's technical. got some momentum. Yeah, momentum. That's momentum, the word I was looking right? for. Yeah. All right. During judging, Prue said that the color is lovely. It's really nice. And if you saw that the pastry shop, you would buy a bit, wouldn't you? Prue likes to say things in question form. They're like rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul said that the color is quite nice. It's not that bad. And you can see a bit of lamination. Final judgment, Prue said that it looks absolutely beautiful. Well done. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a consistent commentary between the two judges. Though. I felt like there was some editing. Right? Yeah. All right. So in first place, that leaves Jurgen. And during judging, Prue said it was beautiful, very nice, good lamination, lovely, crisp, really good. Paul said nice design all the way around. It's got good lamination on top. And during final judgment, Paul said that the diamond pattern on top is very good. It's got beautiful color all the way through. Well done. Mm. If there was one person that was going to be able to produce the structure of the top. I think Jürgen is our guy, right? Oh, yeah, Jürgen's our guy. Right? Because yeah. it was very intricate. It's not like a regular star. It yeah. had a bunch of sort of... They're not really diamonds either. They were... They're not trapezoids. They're the other thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking they about. Yeah, parallel sides. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Were they diamonds? They weren't diamonds. Uh, I don't know, man. Oh, we both failed shapes. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, very intricate. Yeah. Not just like a star, uh-huh. right? <clears throat> yep. All right. At the end of the round, we hear from a few of our bakers. Jurgen said, what a day. Incredible. Jurgenator seems to be back. He proclaimed it himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool name, though. Hey, Jurgenator. Christelle said, OMG. She's in so much shock, but she needed that. She's never been up there at a technical, and it feels quite wild. I think even though Jurgen got first place, Mm-hmm. Crystal won the technical. I'm sorry. Uh, even though Jurgen got first place, in the <laughs> no, technical, I heard you. <laughs> Crystal won it. What does that mean? That means that everyone expected Jurgen to get first place, so that wasn't too big of a deal. Oh, like I see. Crystal winning second okay. place, like she's winning in life. Yeah, and also like she celebrated, a lot, like yeah, the way that it happened and the way it unfolded. Right. Her. Her winning the tech, or her getting second place in technical was a yeah. bigger deal than you're gonna get it first. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and we're excited about this <laughs> because we've been pulling for her for many weeks now because she's yeah. not done too well in the technical. All right. Nope. Next, we hear from George. He said he could have done a lot better, but he had a pretty good signature, so he's not gonna write himself off just yet. Obviously, the producers were like, "Are you gonna write yourself off?" And he said, "No, I'm not gonna write myself <laughs> off." Just asking yet. me questions like that, producers, <laughs> is rude. Finally, we hear from Lizzie, and for some reason, I think I'm starting to get in simpatico <laughs> with her because yeah. I am understanding her better. I, I do really like her accent. It's just sometimes I am not receiving the message. Yeah. That's probably just... The problem is not her. The problem is It's us. on me. Yeah, yeah it's on us. me. Yeah. But this time, I think I heard her loud and clear. Yeah. But she said that this rain pretty much symbolizes how her technical went. It was a disaster. Mm. So she inferred that tomorrow, which is when they're going to do the showstopper, that she's just got to do the best she can. Mm, very good. So, yeah, after this, we actually get a rare roundtable 
after the technical. And this is a round table in the rain. It's pouring. The judges and the host talk about who's doing well in line for Starbaker. They say it's Chiggs, Giuseppe and Jurgen and Christelle all doing well. So they name like four. <laughs> four bakers that might be in line for Starbaker out of seven. And then they say like uh, Lizzie and Amanda are struggling, right? And they're like, well, that leaves one more baker, George. George is in the middle. And then uh, I think Matt says, like, it's a remake of Malcolm in the middle. So a lot of middle jokes here. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as good as my monkey in the middle joke earlier. Anyway, shall we get on with the showstopper? Let's. All right, for the showstopper bake, the bakers are tasked with uh, making an intricate terrine pie. The judges want the terrines to have an ornate pastry on the outside, and it must reveal a pattern or some kind of design on the inside. The bakers get four and a half hours, and Noel kind of makes a joke, and he says he would make a hip-hop-flavored terrine pie. It would be called Flavor Flav Flavor Terrine. <laughs> I think Noel's like 10 years late on this joke. <laughs> no one's really making Flavor Flav jokes anymore. I don't think he's, he's even relevant. I don't know what he's up to. Always relevant. Yeah, I guess that, that case can be made too. Uh, Paul says he's looking for a highly decorated terrine. He wants decoration on top and then a beautiful patent on the inside. Prue says time will be a challenge because after baking, the terrines need time for cooling before they are cut. If the terrine is cut before cooling is complete, then the slice will collapse. So speaking of slice will collapsing, that, that's not how you say that. <laughs> what? Speaking of slices collapsing, okay. first up we have Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, she titled her terrine pie a fancy terrine pie, which is uh, not the best name she's come up with because she's had some funny ones in the I past. I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, her pie kind of has like a chicken pate in the middle of it and it's wrapped in bacon and on the outside she kind of has like, uh, like flowers and then also like little, like pork, like, like little pigs, little piggies and inside them they have fennel and sausage meat, which sounds very delicious. However, I think these decorations that she wanted to do kind of, uh, cost her this showstopper. Um... At one point, she kind of runs behind on getting her pie in the oven because she's decorating and making the, the kind of the decorations on top and in the little piggies. Mm-hmm. And because of this, she is the last one to get her pie in the oven. And at one point, Paul kind of looks at her as she's doing this, and he's like, no, no, no. But he doesn't say that. He just looks at her. He's <laughs> like, what? What? Uh, so yeah, she, when she actually takes her uh, terrine pie out of the oven, the juice is still hot. And then... Uh, it's almost time for the end for them to like take their pies out of the tins and her pie is unfortunately still cooling off and then when she tries to take the top off or tries to take the the pie out of the tin the top comes off of it and some of the pie stuck to that and it looks very disastrous Chiggs being a really cool guy comes over and he tries to help her and they actually end up putting uh, the terrine back in the tin because it was just falling apart so much as they were taking it out even George comes over and he tries to help too. Uh, Giuseppe at this point is like, I'm horrified and I can't watch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. 
And yeah, this thing's a mess. It's leaking everywhere. And when she finally does have to take it out, the part of the, the side of it kind of comes off. And then uh, Chicks and George try to help her soak up all the liquid around it with napkins. So yeah, this thing is a mess. It's kind of disastrous. During judging, Paul asks what happened. And Amanda says she got it in the oven too late. And while taking it out, the side of it came away. Prue, being very positive, after cutting into it, says it looks pretty on the inside. That's kind of the only compliment that Amanda gets during this. Paul says that after biting into it, her terrine pie is bone dry. And also the seasoning is too strong. And the pate is okay. He kind of likes the pate. But Prue says, no, the pate is too strong. She doesn't like the pate. So this is a very bad uh, showstopper for Amanda. Mm-hmm. Pretty rough. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start, we'll start going back to it. I have something else to say about this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Up next is Chiggs. And he is making a Leicester pork pie, honoring his home county of Leicestershire, known for its pork pies. It's featuring chicken, gherkins, and apricots running through the middle and surrounded by an assortment of pork with a lattice pastry on the outside. Did you notice that everyone's making kind of different shapes? Like they're not all the same? Yeah. Like Chig's was a loaf. Yeah. (laughs) Amanda's was kind of loafy. Yeah. Right? So... He has some cracks and definitely has some leakage when he takes it out of his tin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during judging, Prue says that it looks lovely. You get apricot, you get the gherkin. All the flavors work well. Paul notices the cracks right away when Chig's hands like takes it out of the tin, right? And Chig's admits that there's juices leaking out, mm-hmm. which you should never do. Yeah, you should you should deny that there's juices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what juices? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And Paul basically says that the design is pretty uninspiring. Even when you kind of cut it open and you kind of, because you're looking for that pattern that's running through, yeah. it wasn't very well defined. Mm. So I feel like not a good round for Chiggs. Although I felt like he wasn't in trouble at this point because they didn't spend too much time on him. They spent more time, or they, they had more footage of him helping Amanda than they actually had of him like making his own bake. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I mean, it's bad, but I don't think Chiggs is terrible. He did well in the first two challenges. Just to recap, too, Chiggs was my pick for Star Baker this week. And, and at this point, I uh, actually probably at an earlier point, I knew that he wasn't going to get it. Uh, but he still yeah. could. No spoiler alerts. My pick for this week was Christelle. Yeah. And speaking of Christelle, she is making a Lily Nana's Pickle Cottage for her showstopper. So her thing looks it's shaped like a cottage, and uh, this is to honor her late great-grandmother. On the inside, there's chicken, pickling spices, and cashmere chili powder in kind of like a curry. And the, this thing, like, looked delicious. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's surrounded by potato, cumin, and peanuts. And uh, Christelle, she says this is a very sentimental uh, bake for her. Um, she's doing this for her family. She also says she's excited to actually cook because, you know, in the show you do a lot of baking but not actual cooking. So mm-hmm. she's apparently a very good cooker. That's what you call it? A cooker? I think yeah, they're just called cooks. She's a very good cook, <laughs> right? Yeah, she's a very good chef. Or a, or a, a chefer? Yeah, a chefer. <laughs> um, she says that chicken curry can be difficult in kind of a rectangle shape. Uh, however, she's going to do it. And she's uh, she's uh, feeling herself during this because uh, she's inspired by her family and by her late great-grandmother so during judging 
the judges say that it's a beautiful college. They like the flowers and the decorations on top. It's the color layer, layers are lovely. And they like how the, the curry is kind of separated by sweet potato, which is kind of good like design element of it. And Paul, as, after he bites into her, her terrine, he stops and he points at it and says, have you seen this here? That's not a good Paul impersonation. <laughs> how do you, you impersonate Paul saying this? Have you seen this here? I mean, you went for it, and I'm going to just say that was amazing. <laughs> no, that was terrible. Oh. And Paul says, have you seen this here? And Christelle looks kind of worried, and she's like, huh? She comes over, and then Paul takes out his hand, and she gets a handshake. <laughs> what did you think about this method of giving a handshake? Oh, I mean, did that happen to her earlier in the season? Was it her that when he had the cramp? Yeah, that was her signature. That was her signature during the first episode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? I, I, think... I loved it. <laughs> you got me? Yes! You always get it. Once a season, I try to get you out of that. I was like, how did, you, how did you not like that? I loved it. I thought it was a really good way to get yeah. her to come up and then do the handshake. So I, I, think that <laughs> way, I think he did that because normally, like, when you're judging for a signature, they're, like, at your table, right? Before a showstopper, like, they're not at the table. They're kind of far away. Mm-hmm. So he had to get her over there to give her the handshake without like surprising her that it was a handshake. Yeah. 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 Loved it. Yeah. So Paul says, <laughs> well done. The curry broken down into sections is impressive. And they tell her it was brave to make curry pie. They said it was witty, charming, and spots on. Matt says that a handshake during a showstopper is very rare. And uh, Christelle like later says, out came his hand and I literally died. I might be a ghost. Happy Halloween. <laughs> she didn't say that last part. Oh. That's us, us from us to you guys. That's true. Right. But uh, yeah. Um, did you notice that as people don't normally get handshakes during showstoppers? Yes. I, I didn't really like process that until I thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is rare. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good for Christelle. I mean, she wrote that momentum from technical the showstopper we're very glad to see that happen to her i would like to argue that a handshake from matt is even more rare and um, <laughs> i mean technically it's more rare but yeah. also it kind of means nothing okay <laughs> next is george george is making christmas dinner mm-hmm. it's going to be bacon and, and carrot wrapped sausage in the middle surrounded by duck and turkey stuffing with a decorative print pastry on the outside and his is loaf shaped it has all the things all the things all the things all the things so let's get into it when he takes his pie out to trim the sides and add the decorations he's he like tries to cover things up yeah like things that don't look good right Mm -hmm. and he is so he has to kind of make a decision which he does he decides to kind of fix it up or not because it's going to cost him baking time right because he was also late to the oven yeah that's true ultimately he ends up with a leaky soggy bottom when he takes it out and so he leaves the bottom of the tin on and then one of the sides was on and was held by like a knife block Mm -hmm. right yep but even during presentation he still left the bottom on Yeah. So let's get the judgment, and then I want to come back to that, okay. and then maybe we can yeah. circle back. Yeah, to we'll circle Amanda. back. To okay. That. So during judgment, Prue said that it's quite dramatic. She likes the two-tone pastry. It sort of had; they almost looked like black, like swirls in it. 
but it was really dark tone yeah which kind of looked kind of neat but it was a bit mushy and that's a pity because it is delicious paul said that it's underbaked and it's collapsed down although that has a nice interior and then he says that sausage mate and he basically is questioning whether or not it's cooked yeah and george says that he probed it three times and then I mean, it was 92 in the center so. with pork you have to make sure it's cooked like it's very dangerous if you have uncooked pork in there <laughs> yeah so i mean it, it made paul kind of question it not good you should i mean you should always err to the side of cooking pork a little bit more than mm. just like just done you know so that's just my thoughts on pork paul finishes up with it's mushy and it's a shame mm. also don't leave pork in the refrigerator on your donut very <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good call back to the beginning okay. of this episode Okay, right. here's my point. Yep. My point is he left the bottom of the tin on, which uh -huh. means he did not have to lift it up to get the bottom of the tin off. Like Amanda like lifted Amanda hers. did. Yeah. And it could have crumbled under the pressure of lifting. I mean, I guess that's a smart move if he knew for sure it was going to crumble. But do you think he was penalized for that? I think he was. You do? Actually, I don't know. These Enough. Judges... I'm, just no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually a good point. Because uh, Amanda could have done it too, and then maybe maybe she could have got a better judging. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. I but I think know. George made the right call, though. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. just don't know how much it factors into the whole yeah. process. I mean, it's strategy. Definitely a strategy. Just like naming your airplane PNP &P Airlines. <laughs> yeah, George has good strategy. <laughs> All right, next we have Giuseppe, and he's making a Laura Tarine pie. Laura is his wife, and her favorite animal is an owl. So his Tarine pie is kind of shaped like an owl. On the inside, there's beef, ham, and pecorino cheese. There's also carrot, ham, and pecorino cheese surrounding that like, kind of layer of beef. And on the outside, there's cauliflower and Dutch cheese. And the whole thing looks really cool. There's an owl. It has like two big eyes on it. Um, very technically impressive. Uh, Giuseppe also tells us that uh, his wife is a better baker than him. So not only is his dad a professional chef, his wife is a better baker than him. That is interesting. Huh? That is interesting. And he also says that his wife is super supportive during Bake Off. Um, and he, he, yeah, he, he seems very proud of her. And... He, he does something very technically impressive is that he used the ham in his terrine pie as a layer to prevent the soggy bottom, which is like very genius, I must mm. say. During judging, the judges say that he has a perfect owl and the design is fantastic. They say it is a very good pastry. It's firm, but crumbly. They say the cheese and flavors blend very well with the beef. Excellent and professional. Very Giuseppe. That thing looked amazing. Yeah, it looked very good. It kind of reminded me of the Tootsie Roll Owl. And I was like, how many bites would it take me to get to the bottom of this pie? Many, because I would eat the whole pie. Let's move <laughs> on to the next maker. <laughs> okay. Up next, we have Jürgen. And he is making lunch in Freiburg, based on a dish from his hometown. It's featuring a top side of beef with horseradish and sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have a colorful sauerkraut, beetroot, and horseradish square running through the center, surrounded with beef. 
and a plaited pastry on the outside, and his is loaf-shaped. Did you notice that while baking, a lot of them had those little chimneys that they made yeah. to let the steam and moisture out? Smart. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I would put my mouth over that. No, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could just Don't bite try it. this at home. <laughs> yeah. During judging, Prue said that she liked the vine leaves. It was re- really beautifully done. Although it was a bit too dry, but he gets away with it because of the horseradish. Paul said that he thinks it's beautiful. The pastry tastes delicious, but the beef has gone very, very dry. Did you also notice he had a little side bowl? Is that where the is that what the, had the kraut in it? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. Okay. He made like a little side bowl out of pastry, right? Yep. That was kind of cool. Yep, very cool. So, not the greatest. No, not not the Jurgen standard that we know. But I think they keep him to a higher standard just because he's been doing so well. Mm. Is that unfair? I don't know. That's for you to think. <laughs> All right, next we have Lizzie. Lizzie is making a Neptune pie. And this thing kind of has like a potato fish in the middle, which sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I it's, liked it. Yeah, it's like, is it potato shaped in the, like, the form of a fish? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it ran all the way through. Yeah, it ran so all the no way through. no matter where you cut it, you it would looked get like that. A potato, yeah, you could see the potato, potato fish. fish. yeah. Um, also surrounding the potato fish, there was salmon, ricotta, and spinach, which is a very good combination. Those things was kind of shaped like a rectangle, and on top there was a, as like the emblem of a fish and had like glittery scales on it, which is very cool. Lizzie says that during practice, um, she couldn't find the potato fish sometimes. And that was finding, it was like trying to find where's Wally, <laughs> which we know as where's Waddle. And fun fact, I dressed up as where's Wally earlier today, just for Halloween. So big fan of where's Wally. Yeah. Got to find that Wally. He can be anywhere. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Do you think she could have used Nemo? Finding Nemo? As a moor? Yeah, a actually, that's a way better <laughs> analogy because that was literally a fish. What is the What was Nemo in the UK? I'm sure it was Finding Nemo. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. yeah, I'm sure the title was Finding Nemo. Um, could have been like, I can't think of a comparable. Oh, or maybe like if she was like, well, I don't want the judges to think of after eating Nemo, because Nemo's so cute uh-huh. that they would it would taste less as good because they would be sad that Nemo wasn't found and it was in fact being eaten. Strategy. I see that. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> during, judge, during judging, Paul says her pie is certainly unusual looking. However, it's a very bold design, so very uh, very on brand for Lizzie. Paul says he likes the look of the fish. The scales look great. Um, after cutting into it and biting into it, they said that her terrine pie is nearly spot on. They held together very nicely. The only flaw that they could find was that the pastry was a little bit too thick. However, they liked the flavor a lot. The spinach was remarkable. And they were impressed that the fish was not overcooked for being in the oven so long. So Lizzie did a very good job. I think if it wasn't for the technical and being last place in technical, Lizzie would be in the running for Star Baker. Yeah. But too bad she was last in the technical. Yeah. And uh, that's all of the showstopper bakes. I'm not forgetting anybody. I think we covered everyone. <clears throat> all right. So then we get a judges roundtable. Uh, Matt says the standard was very good this week. However, Lizzie is in trouble. Lizzie was in trouble. However, she saved herself. They say that 
It said George and Amanda are in trouble because they did. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Amanda's pie fell apart when she lifted it from the tin. And George's pie didn't fall apart because <laughs> he got the bottom <laughs> of the tin on, as you pointed out. But they didn't point it out. That's just us. Um, they said Giuseppe and Christelle are in line for Star Baker. Paul said that his hand hurts to give handshakes during a showstopper. I don't even know why that makes sense to Paul. <laughs> Maybe he's saying that he's really resistant to giving handshakes during a showstopper. I think so. That's what makes them the second rarest handshake. Hmm. Uh, Christelle says that, or they say that Christelle showstopper was magic. Um, and at one point, Paul says Giuseppe's meat was, and he's about to say something, and he stops himself because it was going to become an innuendo. <laughs> so, uh, final decisions: they announced Star Baker, and it is Christelle, which I'm very happy about. To that was your pick. I caught it, I, and I'm also happy to see that she's getting Star Baker because I always felt like during the whole season she was kind of like in the running for like second or third place, maybe. After Jürgen and uh, Giuseppe, like, she was kind of up there, too, you know? Yeah. But it's finally good to see it crystallized, get it, that she is a star maker. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, they have to send somebody home, and it is Amanda this week. You almost had it, because you had picked George. Right. And I picked Giuseppe. Yeah, and it could have gone that way, but, you know, it did not. So, yeah, George was almost eliminated. Yep. Amanda says, you have to go sometime, haven't you? When I first got here, I didn't think I'd get that far after seeing all the other bakers. I've had such a good time. It's been stressful, but a fun stress. I might have gone farther if I didn't talk so much, but I enjoyed it. So I'm glad I did what I did. Did talking so much, like, interfere with her bakes? Not that I noticed. But maybe she thinks that. Maybe she was really talkative and like talking up everybody around her during the tent mm. or in the tent. <clears throat> uh, George says she was preparing for the judges to announce his name. However, they didn't. And this gives him more motivation for next week. He's going to fight for his place. Paul says, I don't like to give out handshakes and showstoppers, but it was perfection, referring to Christelle's showstopper. And then we get a nice moment where Christelle calls her family to share the good news and they are the most excited to hear this news out of anybody on the show. <laughs> and, you know, that's good to see that she has a, a very excited family to celebrate with her. It always helps when they answer the phone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jürgen. <laughs> Jürgen's family. <clears throat> yeah, and that's the episode. Um, you have any thoughts about this? I was okay with it. I, I felt like it was expected at this point of the season. I mm. felt like they needed to do some sort of a reset. Yeah, true. Just to kind of calm the fires down, per se. Yeah, because they needed to introduce that there were more candidates for being a winner for the season. And because Christelle has been a good, consistent baker, but she hasn't been recognized, or she hasn't been officially like in the running for the one who could like win the season. So I think there was some kind of stuff going on. Was there more about Amanda you wanted to talk about? No, it's just that, like, that whole, the whole showstopper um, issue, and the, when they were spending so much time on it, 
I was like, oh, this, they're going to make her go home because they're spending so much time on this. And even though George had a lot of technical difficulty, because of the editing, I could kind of feel that they're, they're going to send Amanda home instead of George. Mm. Because also the way they, like, when they did the judging, they, the last two people that they judge are all, always relevant, I would say. Because, like, if the last person judged was Christelle, and, you know, she got Starbaker. Mm-hmm. And the person before that was Amanda. So oh, like, I always feel like there's some kind of like decision making in the order here. So, do you think that the star baker and the person going home are always the last two people to get judged? I think the I last two people are either the star baker. It's always it has to be one of the two, or maybe two of the two. Now I want to. Now you can like think about it next and... week, yeah. Because <clears throat> usually the last two is like something's going down with these last two people, and then yeah, sometimes like. They send one of them home and both right. of them are like in trouble or they're both like amazing. And one of them is in contention for Starbaker. That's just the way I think they do it. Yeah. <clears throat> it kind of justifies their decisions a little bit more. So you totally expected it the second time you watched it. Yep. I had that foresight. <laughs> <laughs> now we get into our segments. Let's. All right. What was your funniest moment of the week? I think it's unanimous. Yeah. We talked about this earlier. <laughs> George doesn't know how to use togs. <laughs> he was sitting there holding the tongs and he was like trying to like figure out how to open it up and <laughs> he was like he was playing around with it for what seemed like the longest time Paul meanwhile is standing next to him during this whole time and not saying anything <laughs> and then finally Paul says you just push it in <laughs> a little thing in the back you just push it in and George does it and it opens up so. and then he looks into the camera yeah like WTF yeah it was pretty it was <laughs> That's one of the funnier moments this whole season. I want to take note of one thing. We always say that one of Matt's wheelhouses is when they put something on his head. Yeah. But in this episode, they put something on his chin when they made him the talking cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I felt like that worked also. There's been, yeah, there's been a lot of funny, like, uh, like food voices the last couple episodes. Yeah. Where they're pretending to be food. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, good stuff from those guys. Uh, what was your favorite bake of the week? I have so much like in contention here. I mean, you know, I like a savory bake, so yeah. there's it was tough to choose. I think by default, I would probably want to try Christelle's. Yeah, Just I would. Cause, yeah. I mean, it's a showstopper handshake bake, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I would agree that that's the one. We're in agreement on both like funniest moment and like favorite <laughs> bake. But in second place, I got to go with uh, Gi- Giuseppe's Bellissima Shoe Nuts oh, with the yeah. limoncello. That, yeah, you know. that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds very good. All right. Next week, we know it's Caramel Week. Caramel. Week. Yeah, I think things are going to get bad. Well, I think things are going to go good. They're going to look spectacular. When things are going to be bad, they're going to go like really bad. And then it's going to be really sticky. We got a sticky week coming up next week. <laughs> so with that in mind, who do you think is Starbaker next week? All right. Christelle cannot be picked. We mentioned it before. Jurgen, Jurgen, Chiggs, Giuseppe, Giuseppe, Christelle. Right. You're just Jur- saying names. <laughs> Jurgen. Jurgen is next. Jurgen. Yep. That's the that's the order. Yep. That's a good choice. I mean, caramel seems like a very technical week, and I think Jurgen has the chops. Um, I'm not gonna say Jurgen though. Who will I say? Who's left? Let me look at my list. Man, we're kind of narrowing down, aren't we? 
You know, I'm going to say Lizzie. Lizzie? Yeah. She's going to make some kind of weird blue caramel. Oh, <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. I hope so. <laughs> Gosh. <clears throat> she is one of my favorite. Is there a fan fave this season? Like a Henry? <laughs> I don't think there is. No? Yeah, I don't think there's a no. Henry or a, a Lottie. Mm. I, I would, it's like the people that are left are generally all fan favorites for different reasons. People love like Lizzie. Like her accent's super cool. She's very colorful. Yeah. People love Jurgen because like he's chill and he's calm. He says like funny stuff and he's like kind of shy, but you know. I don't know how to describe Jurgen. He's just great. <laughs> Giuseppe is like a pro and he's very optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then Christelle is like the most emotional out of the bakers. George is like funny. I mean, he got a funniest moment in this episode. And then Chiggs is like the very nice, cool, like, baker with the least experience. So they all have like redeeming qualities about them. Yeah. But I don't think anyone sticks out as like, you know, the fan favorite this season. They're okay. all fan favorites. Yeah. I can <clears> see that. Yeah. Who's going home next week? Do we have the same pick? Well, I don't know who your pick is. I think you know who I'm picking. So are you picking somebody who doesn't have a lot of finesse? Uh-huh. And yeah. doesn't know how to operate a talk. <laughs> and should have gone home. I'm not gonna week. say that. I'm not oh, gonna okay. say that, yeah. I think like Amanda and George Wolf down there. It was like not as good as the rest of the bakers and either of them could have gone. Over Freya? No, 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 no. Over Freya, Freya should have stayed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amanda and George should have gone home before Freya. I think Freya's amazing. Okay. But um I think it's gonna be George. George? Okay. Yeah. Are you going to say Lizzie inversely? <laughs> that would be crazy. I don't... I, I think that George is going to struggle the most just because he has some dexterity. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to get caramel all over him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is... It's interesting because it's an endearing quality, but not necessarily the best quality for... Baking. This show, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I, I get your point. Yeah, so that leaves me with no choice. Giuseppe's going home. What? <laughs> that made no sense how you did that. How, how did you go from that into Giuseppe? Oh, because you picked George. All right. Oh, well, we could have used very easy. I almost picked Giuseppe for start maker next week. We could have had an inverse. Like I keep, I keep saying he's gonna go home somewhere in the middle. Giuseppe. Yeah. So I'm sticking to it. I'm shocked if he doesn't get in the final and almost shocked if he doesn't win the whole thing. We got a sticky week coming up next week. I'm throwing it out there. All right, well, hopefully you guys stick to listening to our podcast <laughs> and tune in next week. Um, if you like the podcast and what you're hearing, we've been getting a lot of new listeners. Please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Spotify, what other platforms are there? Um, your internet browser. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that, yeah. If you want to interact with, with us, we are on Instagram, at Quick Mix Podcast. So, um, send us a message. We appreciate that. We love to interact with you guys. But until then, until Caramel Week, hope you guys have a good week. Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening. Bye. Where does bye come from? I don't know. I started doing it.
Oh, okay. Is that your new thing? Yeah. That's like your catchphrase? Yeah. Are you saying bye? <laughs> <In a> funny voice. <laughs> Got it. <laughs>